It is no secret that the 21st generation is more mobile than any generation that preceded it. Though current economic trends in the United States suggest that many people are choosing to stay home, on the whole, the boundaries that held people in place for generations have now been removed. Mobility as we know and experience it began with the railroad, was expanded by the automobile and the advent of the airplane, and has been solidified through communication technologies like the telephone and the internet. These developments have led to extreme changes in the way we think about place. Sociologist Richard Florida reflects, All these technologies have carried the promise of a boundless world. They would free us from geography, allowing us to move out of crowded cities and into lives of our own bucolic choosing. Forget the past, when cities and civilizations were confined to fertile soil, natural ports, or raw materials. In today's high-tech world, we are free to live wherever we want. Place, according to this increasingly popular view, is irrelevant. Thomas L. Friedman's wildly successful The World is Flat went a long way in fixing the irrelevance of place in the mind of the average Westerner. We now dream of working from home, selling slices of our own perspective to like-minded, isolated individuals across the globe. Stationed at a coffee shop, the imagined worker occasionally phones into an unknown office to report on video conference calls he has had with potential clients who happen to be planted in nondescript coffee shops around the world. We do not need place, and we certainly do not need cities. So the logic goes. According to Florida, it's a compelling notion, but it's wrong. As the previous chapter demonstrated, the phenomenon of urbanization is on the rise, is shaping our future, and happily, even if paradoxically, exists alongside the phenomenon of globalization. In a world where people have the ability to live and work wherever they would like, they are overwhelmingly choosing to live in densely populated cities. In the first chapter, we essentially asked the question, what is a city? In seeking an answer, we found that cities are centers for power, culture, and worship. Our aim in this chapter is to answer the why questions. Why do cities function as centers for population and innovation? Why are cities uniquely suited to connect people across cultures and disciplines? And why is it that cities dominate the creative and economic landscape of our world? As we will see, it is the characteristics of cities as magnets, their ability to attract, amplifiers, their ability to turn up the volume, and engines, their ability to drive our world, that largely explain why they matter so greatly to our culture. We'll also find that it is these same characteristics that open up unprecedented opportunities for the spread of the gospel around the world. The City as Magnet At this moment, there are at least three types of people moving to the city nearest you. One could be a talented young musician. She was first violin in her competitive high school orchestra and now is looking to make an impression at the conservatory. On the same road, you might find a man in his late thirties. He was uncomfortable in his hometown where he was marginalized on a number of different accounts. His race, economic status, style, and preference for what others often perceived as abnormal or unconventional. Finally, unsure of what he's getting himself into, a man who has lived in four different cities in the past four years crosses the city limits with the hopes of squeezing some life out of a new city, or at least indulging in the passions for the now. Despite the differences that exist in their respective motivations, the common thread that holds all of these travelers together is their attraction to the city. It holds out promise, hope, and fulfillment in their pursuit of upward and social mobility. The city does not discriminate. It does not close its doors to any newcomers, but stands as a monument to possibility and potentiality.
In this way, the city functions as a magnet. The following list represents the various types of individuals who are being drawn into cities. The city as a magnet for the aspirational. Our first traveler is not unfamiliar with success. As we mentioned, she was the top violin player in her suburban high school orchestra, where she had opportunity to participate successfully in regional competitions. Graduating at the head of her class, she feels that she has earned her spot at the conservatory and anticipates proving to her teachers and peers that she belongs at the top. Hard work got her here. Hard work will define her while she is here. But why here? Why the city? One way to answer that question would be to name institutions, programs,